Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor from there later in life. He ended up becoming a school teacher, very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. Good morning again. This is Pastor Larry. Glad to have you listening. Got special blessing on you. Like sometimes I don't wonder why. I wonder why people aren't listening to me, anyways. But, but I want to remain faithful to God's word. So tell others to listen. Not because I want big numbers or likes or whatever they say on the internet. I'm not too technical savvy. Scott has to help me with this. But I just want people to hear the love of Christ in this warfare that goes on. How Satan has hatred for the believer. We talked about knowing your enemy last week. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He has plans, he has thoughts, well thought out to destroy you. As a Christian, he does it many ways. Let's not give occasion to the flesh. Let's not give in to sin. God has empowered us with his spirit not to, his word that we should not. So, know your enemy. So, we talked about reconning the enemy. Even when you recon the enemy, you need protection. And that's realizing, and that's my second point in review, is to realize God's presence is with you. Now, that's an easy thing for us to think, but have we ever just meditated on that? Have we ever just thought about that? Realize God's presence. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you receive Christ as your Savior, God's presence is with you. If you're an unbeliever and a skeptic, God loves you, but his presence is not with you. Do you understand me? His presence is with his children, with his family. So I beg you and urge you to come to Christ today for protection from the enemy, for protection against yourself, for protection against God's judgment that will be on you. God loves you so much, he lets you choose. He lets you choose. If you want to go to go to that place that we... And I'm going to soften this. If you want to go to hell, he'll let you go. Don't say that God sent you because you're here for a purpose, a divine appointment to hear this message. You can reject it, or you can receive it. But it's God's message, it's not mine. Millions of Christians have been preaching this down through the centuries. The apostles taught it, Jesus taught it. It's not my own invention. When I started studying about Satan, I was kind of fearful, like Joshua may have been, that God had to tell him over and over not to fear, be strong and courageous. And Satan came to me one night. And I'll relate that story as I get farther over into Satan's tactics. Satan came to me one night. 
and scare the living daylight out of me. I'll admit, I was fear fearful. It drove me to my knees and cry out to God. So, I think of what God told Joshua in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 5. He says, quote, and it'd do well for you to turn to the book of Joshua, and I hope you have a copy of your Bible. I hope you have your sword with you, and your sword is drawn. And that's to the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. I think it's the sixth book in the Bible. And here's what God says in Joshua 1.5. It says, God says to Joshua, and that promise goes to you and I. God says, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Joshua is probably saying, hallelujah. Jesus said in John 14, 16, and 17, by way of applying it to the modern-day Christian, Jesus Christ said, quote, And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. I don't know about you, but I need comfort many times. Quote again, That he may be with you, and here's the key, and we're going to talk about this issue, that he may be with you forever. Forever? There's Christians, and you may even be of this persuasion, even though you're a Christian, you believe you can lose your salvation. Not what my Bible teaches, and we're going to talk about that in depth later on in these messages. But for now, God loves you, and you're... You're fighting Satan, and you're still a believer, but maybe you need some assurance. The fact that it says that the Holy Spirit, that's the comforter, by the way, will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Now, that's so important in today's age. And I talked about the critical race theory, which is absolutely satanic. As you delve into it and you look at its background, where it's grounded in cultural scientific Marxism. And Marxism is atheism. And Marx looked at religion, especially Christianity, as the opiate of the people. If it's attacking Christianity, it's satanic. So the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive... The world is this world system, which is part of it is a critical race theory, evolution, um, vain philosophies, as the Bible says. And like I said, when we get into those dealings with Satan's tactics, we're going to discuss some of those issues. But for the sake of time, we cannot right now. The world cannot receive it. Why? Because they're not spiritually alive. I'm adding that. I'm kind of giving commentary as I read this. Cannot receive because it sees him not. You see Christ through the eyes of faith. They don't. Christ is ridiculous to them. In fact, the Bible says the Bible is foolishness. Why is it foolishness? To those who perish or are perishing. So if the Bible is foolishness to you, it's because you can't see it. You can't see the love of Christ, because you're steeped in your sin and your rebellion, and re you refuse to come. 
neither knows them because you don't know Christ. But you Christians, Jesus says, or you believers, you know him. Or this is John speaking, excuse me. You know him for he dwells with you and he shall be in you. The day of Pentecost was the day that the Holy Spirit came to dwell in the believer. That's why we use in the future tense here in the Gospel of John. So, here's a great comforter. Realize God's presence with, is with you, it's in you as it was in Joshua's times. The Old Testament economy was a little bit different. The Holy Spirit, God was with people, but really, a couple of times, he didn't really indwell as he does today. Maybe it's because God's know the, the onslaughts of Satan are much stronger now as they were in the Old Testament, as he knows he has but a short time. So, recon the enemy. Realize God's presence is with you. See, if you see Christ, you're his child. You're a child of the king. You're a child of the God who created this universe. It's more powerful than the sum of human power and satanic power. So, realize God's presence, recon the enemy, and number three in way of review is to respond to God to practice. And what I mean by that if we is obedience. And if I read Joshua, if you're still in the book of Joshua, let me read verse 8 in chapter 1. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And there it is. You constantly, you should be in the Word of God. That's your primary source. It's not other books. Now, other books about Christ are beautiful, but it's the Word of God so you can get, have the pure words of God to yourself as you apply it to yourself. So he says, Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And why should I do that? Well, I'll tell you why you should, because it's in the next part of the verse. That thou mayest observe to do, to do, according to all, not just, you can't be a cherry picker and say, well, this part I believe and this part I don't to do all that is written therein. And what's the result of that? That thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now I said Israel's promise was a physical, ours is basically a spiritual. And we're going to see that as we get farther into Ephesians. Sure, of course God blesses us physically. But basically it's spiritual blessings in Christ. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of battle, these promises were made to Joshua. And they're made to us. Nowhere have I read that God's going to take us out of the problems and take us out of the trouble. And anybody that teaches otherwise, like the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel, is in error. A man is born in trouble as the sparks fly upward. That's the book of Proverbs. So we want to do, 
Listen to what uh, John says in chapter 14 and verse 21. I give you these references, references so you can write them down. John says, he that has, John 14 is quoting Jesus, Gospel of John. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And will manifest, listen to that, and will, I will manifest myself to him. If we're not keeping God's commandments, if we're not keeping that commandment of love that Jesus taught, God will not show himself to us. We wonder why our, sometimes our prayers bounce right off the ceiling. Maybe there's not always the case. But maybe there's something that we're not being obedient to. Wow, did you hear that? Jesus says, I will manifest myself to him. That's to the obedient Christian. The Greek word is emphanize. Let's see if I can get this right. Emphanizo. Do you hear an English word in there? Our word emphasis comes from that. To exhibit, to declare plainly, to emphasize, to inform, to see openly. God is inviting us. Jesus Christ is inviting us to fellowship with him. What a protection against Satan by obedient to the word of God. And this gives no occasion to the flesh. Can there be anything more definitive than this? That obedience leads to a closeness with Jesus Christ. My friends, love equals obedience. Isn't that true? Even in our physical relationships, husband, wife, friends, if they love one another, automatically respond in obedience to one another. In fact, the Bible even teaches that between a husband and a wife. To care, to love one another. That's what love does. A love for Christ. God wants us to obey him, not because we have to. That have to comes out of the flesh. You know what happens? You get tired of it. It leads to legalism. God wants you to obey because we love him. In order to love Christ, we must know him. Get into the word of God. We come back to that over and over and over. Get into the word of God to know your God. This is the purpose of me teaching on these lessons, is to know the Father who loves you, to know that Jesus Christ who loved you so much, he died for you. This is the way to battle Satan. This is the way to battle our flesh. He will manifest himself to the obedient Christian. We can experience God in our life. I guess it's the main reason why many Christians don't experience Christ is because they're not in the Word. It all comes back to that. They're not in the Word to do. That's their purpose of Bible study, is to do. James says, don't be hearers of the Word, but be, be doers of the Word. Do we get that? James said, I'll show you my faith by my works. And I say, I'll show you my salvation, or my uh, that I'm saved by my works, but I'll show you my faith by my works. 
And I guess the litmus test, according to these verses, especially this verse, that our litmus test is that our love for Christ is, and the litmus test is our obedience to him. Are we obeying him? And in verse 23 in John chapter 14, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Abode means like your house you're living in. It's a fellowship. It's a Greek word koinonia, fellowship. Make our abode with him. Wow, to have God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit making his home with us. That's security, my friends. And what I said before, this is forever. This is forever. I just don't believe you can lose it. It's forever. It's the promise of God, which we're going to uh, listen to probably in a couple weeks. Jesus also said obedience is better than sacrifice. It says, go to church. Let me catch myself here. You can go to church and and do all the Christian things. You can give your of your time, your talent, and your treasure and still not be obedient to Christ. Been there, done that. Still not be obedient in our personal lives. This, my friends, is the armor of God. As you can see that as we talked about as we talk about the specific pieces of armor in Ephesians chapter six. After all, how can we quench the fiery darts of Satan if we're disobedient? We don't obey our Savior. Impossible. The scriptures say, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And it's the whole point of John chapter 15 about the vine and the branches of abiding in Christ. Jesus said in that passage, if my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If my words abide in you, that means they're living in you, you're being obedient, you're living by those words, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And like I said in Romans 8, if we will die, we will die in our Christian life, spiritual life, if we continue in disobedience. That is so important. That's the God's instructions to Joshua. Observe to do, day and night, be in the word of God. Observe to do all that is, that is according to the law. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. It's our obedience that bears fruit in their lives. It's being victorious in our spiritual life. So, recon your enemy, number one, and not necessarily in this order. Number two is realize God's presence is with you. Number three is respond to God to practice or respond to God to be obedient. When he tells you to do something or not to do something, do it. I don't understand it. <laughs> do it anyways. The fourth principle. And I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to have to move because I've already mentioned a few things about this. 
ruminate on God's precepts. That's Joshua 1.8 again, which says, Thou shalt meditate day and night. Day and night. Well, remember I talked about the word meditate here in the Hebrew means to chew over and over or to ruminate like an animal is chew its cud. That's where the idea came from. So we're to meditate on God's word. Not enough just to read it and to study it, but is to take a passage of Scripture that really strikes you and to meditate on it. To meditate on the Word of God. And this will be emphasized throughout our spiritual warfare messages. Without God's Word, there's no prosperity, there's no victory in my personal battles. There's no victory over the enemy for the local church who ignores the preaching and teaching of God's holy word, who doesn't meditate upon it. And success against Satan's tactics and our own evil natures do not come by positive mental attitudes or solely by loving one another, by seeing things through the spiritual eyes of Jesus Christ. It comes by God's truth. This is so important here. And the Word of God is expression of God's will and to ignore it at our own peril. So I saw in the Marine Corps in training, I was to listen to what the Marine Corps said, not what my own ideas were. They gave me a little handbook. <laughs> not a little, it was quite large. But all the things that you were expected to memorize and uh, and and learn them and memorize them and you think the marine corps way and god wants you to have a spiritual mind he wants you to meditate upon the word of god he wants you to memorize that's difficult for me folks as i said before so difficult we need to put it that way you take it from your mind and you put it into your heart and many believers think that by listening to Christian music or someone else preach God's word is enough for them. Not. God is dealing with Joshua on a personal level here, and he deals with all of us on a personal level. Joshua, you shall meditate, Joshua. That's personal. Pastor Larry, Larry, you're to meditate on the word of God. So this command goes to you and I, as well as Joshua, in order to win the battle in our lives. Sitting here and listening to me is not enough. You have to be into the Word of God personally. You must study it. Whoa, study? But I haven't gone to Bible college like Pastor Larry has. Doesn't make any difference. Let me read a verse in Paul's writing to Timothy. I know that Timothy didn't go to a Bible college. He just Paul just wrote to him and, and said this, quote, Study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly, that's the word, accurately, accurately dividing the word of truth. There's some principles. There's some little books you can get on how to study your Bible. There's little study booklets you can buy. So the, the excuses doesn't hold any water for the average, everyday Christian now. 
You can become a spiritual giant in battle. But there's certain precepts that we talked about here that have to be enacted in your life in order to be spiritually victorious over the enemies of the flesh and the enemy, which is Satan. Heavenly Father, thank you again for giving us these lessons from men's lives about what to do to be an overcomer in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Father, bless these people as they listen, and, and hopefully, Father, they will get in and study your word and even see what I'm saying is true. If maybe they don't think something's true, and yet they would have that right to study it and find out. Father, help us. We are needy. We are needy people. I pray for those who are not believers that may be listening, may have gone to church all their life, but never really heard the word of God, never really heard the message of salvation. May thought they were Christian because their family was brought up in the church or they were doing good works. Help, Father, that we need to know that we are in Christ because our eternal destiny is the outcome. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.